Hey, look out! It's the Waste and Safety Compliance Podcast, the hope for the hyper-regulated, where we unravel the regulatory mysteries of the legions of acronym-odious agencies who want to keep you perpetually licking their tall leather boots. Our goal is to help business owners and managers like you to overcome the EPA, DOT, and OSHA compliance obstacles through knowledge and understanding, breaking the circle of fear by putting the rules into plain English. The Waste and Safety Compliance Podcast is brought to you by Echelon Environmental. I am your host, Ron Harvey. All right. Today we're going to have a little discussion about hazardous materials. The co-joined at the hips partner of hazardous waste disposal can't have one without the other. So what are hazardous materials? They are any kind of chemicals, products, substances, articles that pose a risk in transportation, whether by air, sea, or ground. They are uh, considered dangerous because they can damage the environment, they can damage the public, or they can damage property. The um, hazardous materials that you see on the highway every day, if you're driving, I'm sure you've seen them, um, they're divided into nine classes, and those represent just about every type of hazardous material that you can possibly imagine. We'll go through them here real quick. Class one are explosives. They're broken down into six divisions and subdivisions, and it's very, very complicated. Um, the, the categories are based upon the risk of destruction of the cargo, which is like uh, the highest risk is like mass obliteration. And you don't see them very often on the highways, except maybe around the 4th of July. You'll see lots of explosive placards on trucks going down the roads, and those are for fireworks. Class two are compressed gases. Um, cylinders, aerosol cans, even tankers are uh, contain compressed gases, and um, those are divided into three divisions. The first division is flammable gases. Um, any compressed gas ignite under certain conditions, spray paint, propane, acetylene are all examples of, of that. Class 2.2 are the non-flammable gases, uh, any compressed gas that doesn't want to ignite under uh, their uh, certain test criteria. Um, CO2 cartridges, uh, spray cleaners, uh, nitrogen, argon are all examples of uh, compressed gases that are not flammable. Class 2.3 are the toxic gases, uh, compressed gases that are designated as poisonous, and they mean it. When they class something as a 2.3, it's generally pretty bad stuff. Uh, for instance, uh, chlorine, hydrogen cyanide, and many, many other examples of really nasty stuff that's uh, basically going down the highway right next to you on your way to your picnic or your relatives. Class 3 hazardous materials are flammable liquids. Uh, they're basically liquids with a low flash point below 140 degrees Fahrenheit, um, and there are zillions of them, uh, lighter fluid, uh, acetone, MEK, paints, there's uh, uh, quite a few different types of flammable liquids that are uh, shipped in transportation. Class 4 
are flammable solids. Uh, these are um, uh, solid materials that can sustain combustion under certain circumstances and sometimes even better than that. So, um, and they're broken out into three different uh, uh, divisions. The class 4.1 hazardous materials, ordinary flammable solids, um, they are uh, any kind of solid that, that will sustain combustion, not something that's generally just going to go poof uh, when you look at it hard. Um, we're talking about uh, matches, for instance, are a 4.1 uh, hazardous material. Uh, class 4.2 are spontaneously combustible materials. They can ignite within five minutes of being exposed to air. Now, that's getting pretty hazardous, if you ask me. Um, wet cotton is a, is, a, is a 4.2 hazardous material, along with some other animal fibers, and there's quite a few other chemicals that are what we would call uh, pyrophoric. You expose them to the air, and they want to burn really bad. Uh, class 4.3, dangerous when wet. Um, materials that go off flammable or toxic vapors when exposed to water. Now, that makes it a big deal for emergency response people because the first thing the fire department wants to do when a fire is throw water on it. So if they see a one of these placards on the back of the truck, uh, hopefully they think twice about doing that. Um, examples are aluminum phosphide, uh, zinc dust, sodium metal, lithium metal, there's quite a few of them, and those are pretty hazardous materials. Okay, class 5 hazardous materials are called oxidizers. An oxidizer is a liquid or a solid that will help a fire burn by uh, contributing oxygen to the reaction, to the, uh, to the environment. And um, they basic, they definitely contribute to combustion. So um, the, uh, the two divisions that there are for class uh, 5 are the 5.1 hazardous materials, just regular oxidizers. They give off oxygen during de decomposition, and they can, they can help materials burn a lot hotter, a lot faster. Um, good examples in nit uh, uh, ammonium nitrate is, uh, is very common, known as fertilizer for the most part. Uh, hydrogen peroxide, when it's concentrated, is an oxidizer. Um, these are pretty, pretty hefty materials. You don't want to be messing with them uh, in the case of a fire. Class 5.2 hazardous materials, organic peroxides. Sounds are exotic, but it really they're, they're pretty common actually. Uh, organic uh, oxidizers, are uh, they have a chemical structure in there that's specific to organic peroxides. And what it does is it helps them yield even more oxygen than some of the other uh, regular oxidizers. MEK peroxide is a very common one. Okay, class six. Hazardous materials, poison or toxic stuff. Um, any solid or liquid, um, gaseous, no, sorry, um, that are toxic to humans. So we're talking about materials that aren't just bad for you. We're talking about stuff that is measurably toxic. Uh, it's broken into two divisions. 6.1, ordinary poisons. Yeah, just the regular run-of-the-mill uh, poisons. Any material that is that is demonstrated um, uh, scientifically with these guys doing their tests and stuff to be toxic to humans at relatively low levels. Um, lead and mercury are, are two common examples. Pesticides, cyanides, there's a lot of different toxic materials out there. 
Okay, class 6.1, poison by inhalation, are liquids that are extremely toxic because they emit uh, vapors that are really quite toxic. Um, uh, bromine liquid is, a, is an example. That stuff is deadly. Uh, hydrogen sulfide kills quite a few people every year, especially in the uh, oil and gas uh, industry, one of the worst hazards they have. So um, that's another uh, 6.1 uh, uh, category. Um, class 6.2 hazardous materials are, are infectious substances. Any material um, or contaminated material that is known to contain uh, pathogens, uh, organisms that will transmit diseases to humans or animals. Um, there are quite a few different organisms like that out there, swine flu, tuberculosis, AIDS, polio. Um, Ebola. Okay, class 7 hazardous materials. Radioactives, one of my favorites. <clears throat> Any liquid solid gas that is spontaneously emits radiation. Um, there are three categories of uh, radioactive materials. Uh, there's rad 1, 2, and 3. And the, uh, the, the describing those would be very complicated. To, I could do a whole program on that. Um, but it's Really pretty cool, though. I, I enjoyed uh, working with those when I, when I had the chance. Okay, class 8 hazardous materials are corrosives, uh, liquids or solids. Now, normally we think of corrosive as being uh, higher or low pH, uh, being an acid or a base, but that's not how uh, a DOT looks at corrosives. They define a corrosive as a, as a material that causes full uh, thickness destruction of human skin in a certain period of time, uh, and that kind of ranks uh, the the uh, packing group of the material. I guess a little complicated, but um, but the, to give you an idea that there are uh, grades of corrosive um, uh, examples are sodium hydroxide, uh, which we do uh, know uh, know as uh, caustic soda. Uh, HF, hydrofluoric acid, very uh, corrosive material there. Um, sulfuric acid, hydrochloric acid, there's, there's many, 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 many different corrosives out there. Okay, class 9 hazardous materials are basically what they call uh, miscellaneous has, hazmat. Um, it's basically any, any substance that, that, that DOT wants to define as hazardous, but it really doesn't meet any of the other criteria. And so they've made this catch-all um, class nine uh, to put lots of other stuff into. Uh, PCBs are one example. Asbestos is another one. And there are a large number of consumer uh, commodities that, that uh, wind up in this category as well. Now, there are other labels in addition to the ones you've seen here already on, on containers. You will see the uh, orange panels, which are indicative of bulk hazardous uh, materials in, in containers. The, I, the number that's in that orange panel is the UN ID number, which identifies the actual uh, shipping name of that hazard. The limited quantity sticker, the uh, diamond with the, with the Y in the middle of it, just came out a few years ago now, and that indicates uh, limited quantities of hazardous materials in transportation, uh, generally being uh, consumer commodities, also being shipped to uh, retail uh, 
to retail outlets. The uh, limited quantity sticker does not identify the hazard. It just, it, because it could be a limited quantity flammable, limited quantity corrosive, and, um, but the, the Y um, uh, the diamond does not describe what type of uh, hazardous material it is. Another sticker that you'll see when um, shipping by air are the cargo aircraft only uh, labels. These are hazardous materials that are particularly dangerous and they will not allow them on passenger aircraft. Believe it or not, a lot of hazardous materials are shipped on uh, passenger aircraft. Shh, don't tell anybody. And, uh, but there are some that they say, no, that stuff's too bad to put on a, on a uh, passenger uh, aircraft. And then there's the old one here. This one is gone now. The ORMD sticker, um, otherwise regulated material, that used to be used for basically uh, uh, consumer commodities, again, uh, packaged for uh, distribution to retail uh, outlets. So now when it comes to hazardous materials, you have to be aware of the fact that um, the hazmat functions you perform uh, bring you into the regulatory requirements for um, DOT uh, training. And you might be surprised at the, at the uh, types of functions that DOT considers hazmat uh, functions that bring you under their uh, training requirements. Um, the first one, if you classify a hazardous material for shipment, um, you are performing a hazmat function, which is designating a material, whether or not it's a hazardous material or not, uh, selecting proper shipping names, selecting um, uh, packing groups for a material, that's called classification, and that brings you into the regulatory game. If you have a hazardous material for, for shipment and you have to select the package that goes that, that material is going to go into, that is a hazmat function and again brings you into their, their ballpark. And that's because hazardous materials can't go into any old uh, cardboard box that you got. They have to go into special containers. And in order to select the right container, you have to be trained, brings you into their uh, regulatory realm. If you put labels on a package that had been filled with your hazardous materials. Uh, again, another hazmat function. Um, any kind of uh, uh, package uh, labeling that you put onto a container that are designed to warn others of the dangers of the material is a hazmat function. And you are in, that's, that's all there is to it. If you put markings on packagings, and those are different from the labels. They're generally text, which would include the proper shipping name and UN um, ID number, like the example I show here. Um, the, if you apply those markings to a package, that is a hazmat function. And as such, you are then subject to the uh, function-specific training requirements of DOT. Filling containers. If you take an empty container, and, uh, and then you fill it for shipment it, with a hazardous material, you are performing a hazmat function. Um, that's because hazmat containers, they have to be compatible with the uh, material you're, you're putting into the containers. They, have, they can't be overfilled. There are some different requirements for filling the containers. And um, DOT wants to make sure you do it right. 
Okay, closing containers. Um, that is a big one for DOT because that's the primary cause of many spills on the highway, as I have seen uh, by the by the boatload. Uh, somebody puts some hazmat stuff into a container and then just kind of finger tights the, the cap or doesn't properly seal valves or whatever. And during shipment, rattling down the road, they leak. And then they call people out and spend a whole bunch of money cleaning up the mess uh, that poured out of their containers. So first off, you want to make sure that if you are uh, closing containers, that you close them according to the uh, to the instructions provided by the manufacturer, which can be very specific, like providing us uh, you know 20 foot pounds of torque to a bung cap on a drum. But regardless of how you close containers, whether it's putting tape on a uh, box, that's container closure, and that brings you into the function-specific training requirements under DOT. Okay, uh, loading containers onto trucks, that is a hazmat function because some materials or some containers have to be segregated from others. Um, you want to make sure you don't put too much material on a truck. Uh, you want to make sure that if you put certain quantities on there, you wind up doing placarding. Um, so, uh, and there are other requirements as well. So um, you have to make sure that your people that are loading trucks have had the function-specific training requirements for DOT because they're performing a hazmat function. Completing shipping papers, even the people in the offices who are just taking an inventory of materials, writing that information on a uh, bill of lading or some other form of uh, shipping paper, those are hazmat functions and those are covered by the DOT requirements to have this uh, function-specific training. That's about it for right now. I wanted to make this quick and uh, cover as many bases as I could. All right, thank you uh, for watching. Glad you could come by. I hope that um, this has been informative and that if you need any help in trying to make conclusions about uh, how to perform any of these functions, get the training for them, or whether you need help with classifying hazardous materials, etc. You can give us a call. The phone number is 843-599-0330. The uh, email address is info at echelonenvironmental.net. That's echelon, E-C-H-E-L-O-N, environmental. Thank you very much. Hope to see you again next time. Oh, and uh, don't forget, if you would, please subscribe to my podcast because I'd like to make sure that you catch all the information that I put out. All right. Take care, everybody. Bye.